0: Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hey, New Point, I want to give a shout out to all of our dads, and I just want to wish you a very happy Father's Day. We're glad that you're here, and we celebrate you. We're thankful for you, and we want you to know that we love you. I also want to give a shout-out to all of our locations and campuses, those of you in Dover and Canton, Worcester, Millersburg, Coshocton, and Cambridge. We're thankful for you, and those of you who are joining us online and literally around the world. I am so thankful that you've chosen to join us today. I believe it's going to be incredible. Now, almost every successful or great leader in life, whether male or female, okay, whether in the business world or maybe a nonprofit world, uh, they all have one thing in common. They want to leave their mark. They want to leave their mark. The fact of the matter is we all leave our mark. Sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it's negative. But we all leave our mark, and, and we leave that impressionable uh, mark on those who follow us. And so no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're leading, you do that and I do that. Now, the question is, are we leaving a healthy one or an unhealthy mark on the people that's following us, that we're engaged with? Because you're going to leave a mark on someone. And if you're a father, you're going to leave a mark on your kids, on your spouse. If you're a leader in the marketplace, you're going to leave it on your employees and your teammates. If you're a teacher or if you're a coach or some place of influence, you're going to leave a mark as well. The question is, what kind of mark are you going to leave? What kind of mark are you going to leave? What kind of impression are you going to leave? What kind of influence are you going to have with them? You know, it's kind of like perfume or cologne. You, you, you have that fragrance there that's lasting. Or, or maybe you've been to a restaurant, and after you left there, you went home, and somebody said, I know where you've been. I can smell it on you. And so you're leaving a mark. And as a parent, all of us are leaving a mark on our kids, either a positive one or a negative one, and so we need to be thinking that way, my friend. Every time my son, every time my daughter, is is around a person, I'm concerned about what's happening, what's going on, because I know that the people that they're hanging out with are leaving a mark on them. They're leaving an impression on them. I, I know this happened in our family when they would visit their grandparents, or maybe their grandparents would come for a little while and watch them while Patty and I was gone. And they come back with this attitude that they can get anything that they want and anything that they ask. And, And I saw that my parents or her parents left a mark on them. So my question today is this, what kind of mark do you want to leave on people? Specifically dads, specifically leaders. Specifically coaches, teachers, what type of mark do you want to leave on those you're leading? Now, today I want to talk about leaving a mark that can change the world. That can change the world. That you can leave a mark on those who you rub shoulders with, those who you lead, those who you are engaged with. And not only you, but I I believe New Point. You see, I believe that every church should have a plan for shaping the faith of the next generation, and leaving a mark on them that's positive, that, that's very, very uh, impactful on them. And one of the ways in which we do that is we take our place as spiritual leaders. Now, I know when I say spiritual leaders, some of us cringe on that because you might say, well, I'm not a spiritual leader. Dwight, you're the spiritual leader. Well, what I would say is this, if you're a Christ follower, you're a spiritual leader. You say, what is a spiritual leader? It doesn't mean that that you know the Bible inside and out and that you you can debate theological issues. A spiritual leader is just someone who's taking the responsibility for the health and the development of their relationships. You see, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the first and greatest commandment. What's he saying here? Take care of your relationships. And the best way that you and I can leave a positive mark, dad, mom, leader, teacher, coach, is to be able to make sure that our relationships are healthy with those around us. Now I want us to look at something from Psalms. It's incredible. It's going to be very helpful for us today whether you're a father or just a leader, okay? And, and, and it's going to help us as a church as new point. Because I want you to get this because we need to be people who leave a mark that can change the world, that can change a person's trajectory. So let's look at this. Here's what it says in Psalms 1:12 verses 1 through 6. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his command. Christ followers, okay? Their children will be successful wherever and an entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Wow. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. They are generous, they're compassionate and righteous. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Wow, that's incredible. That's unbelievable. Now, here's what we have to understand, okay? He, he puts the onus on the parents, on the leaders, on the fathers, on the mothers. Look what he says here. He, he, says, he says this. He says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in his obeying or in obeying his commands, their children will be successful wherever. And so what happens is, the key is that it starts with you and me. It starts with you, dad. It starts with you, mom. It starts with you, coach. It starts with you, teacher. It starts with us as a church. He says here, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his command. Their children, their children will what? Be successful wherever. That's, that's an, a tremendous vision. That's a tremendous goal. And so I believe that when we fear the Lord and when we obey his command, that more is caught than taught. And we leave an incredible, unbelievable mark. But I believe that this is more than just a vision for a mom or a dad or a coach or a teacher. I believe it's the vision for the church. I, I believe it should be our vision that we should be people who fear the Lord and delight in obeying him, and that our children, your children, my children, will be successful wherever they go. Now, I I realize that we have to define this word success because culture says many different things, and the culture in which we live in basically says that success is raising your kids to be popular, to be well-liked, to do well in school, to do well in sports, and to get good grades. And that's okay. But our vision is a little bit different. We're called to unleash an anchor of hope in our kids' lives that they will never, ever, ever recover from. And that hope is in the person of Jesus Christ, that he'll never leave them, he'll never forsake them, that he makes them equal to everything they will ever face in life life and that he becomes the center of their life and that they have a biblical world view and that they're guided by scripture. That's our vision of success. The question is how? How do we leave an indebitable mark on the next generation that sticks? How How do we put that anchor in them? That no matter where they go, no matter what they hear, they're always drawn back to that. You see, I, I, I believe the way in which we do that is we have to train them. We have to train them because what happens is so many times people say, well, I'm trying. Trying won't get you very far. It's training. And the word training basically means to, to teach a skill or to instruct a behavior and and so it takes time it takes intentionality you see too often we don't train would you agree with me what we do is we lecture and the reality is every 10,000 words that we speak most people are only going to retain a few sentences now that's not really encouraging for me all right but it's true it's true and so we're called to train if we're going to leave a mark, a positive mark, that's going to affect them and impact them throughout their whole life. We have to train them. That's why Solomon says it like this in Proverbs 22:6: Train a child, teach them a skill, instruct them in behavior, in the way in which they should go. And when they grow old, they will not what? Depart from it. Notice that he doesn't say lecture your children in the way. He doesn't even say point them in the right way. No, what he says is, he says, train. What's the difference? Well, lecturing somebody is just a talk. Training includes, sure, talking, but also instructing and teaching them how to do something. And so we don't stop until somebody fully understands, fully embraces it, and realizes the importance of it. You see, a person who's given swimming lessons doesn't just talk about swimming. You know what they do? They lead them into the deep end and they instruct them and they train them and they demonstrate for them until they themselves can swim. You see, I, I, I love what, what Proverbs 22 says in the passage. It says, dedicate your children to God and train them in the way in which they should go. And the values that they learn from you, the values that they learn from you, that's, that's why it says those who fear the Lord and obey his commands, those are values. And the values that they learn from you will be with them for what? For life, for life. Now, what I want to do is I, I want to share with you four areas that we need to be training our kids in, dads, moms, teachers coaches, leaders, because the fact of the matter is we're all spiritual leaders. We all need to take, if you know Jesus Christ, you're a spiritual leader because you're a spiritual person. And so you need to take responsibility for the health and the development of your relationships. So what does that look like for you and me? But also, what does it look like for us as New Point? As New Point, because you know, we're committed to teaming up with you, Dad. We know this is difficult, challenging, and hard. We're we're, we're committed to teaming up with you, Mom, and the whole family, and all of you, to be able to do this. So let me share some things with you. Training to leave an eternal mark first is train in knowing Jesus. Train in knowing Jesus. Not about Jesus, but train them to know him personally. And when you do this, you will show them that they are significant that they are successful, that they are enough just from the fact of knowing Jesus. That's incredible because it builds a foundation for them. Look at this in John seventeen three. Jesus says, this is eternal life. Now, what is eternal life? It's not just quantity of life, it's quality of life. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, the only true God who sent me. You see see what happens is he's talking about a relationship here. And the problem sometimes in many of our homes rather than training them in how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ we expose them to rules and regulations. You know, we're more in love with Moses and his 10 commandments than we are in Jesus and his relationship. Now, do you need rules? Sure you do. But listen, rules without relationships end up in rebellion. And so, yes, you need to have rules. Yes, you need to have guidelines. But the fact of the matter is, in, in training them to know Jesus, we need to focus on the relationship and not so much the roles of being able to say, you know what? He loves you. He cares for you. He accepts you. You see, I'm convinced that this generation that is being raised up right now is not rejecting Jesus Christ. They're rejecting legalism. They're rejecting hypocrisy, and we must train them to be able to say, no, it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, sometimes it's messy, but we want to train you to know him in a couple of ways. First of all, train in knowing Jesus through the church. We're the church. You're the church. And so the church has to play an incredible role. And so one of the things that we do is we train them in knowing Jesus in this way. Hey, you know what? We're going to go to church. You're going to learn some things. You're going to experience some things. You see, the house that I grew up in and the house that I have right now, you know what? There is no question of whether we would go to church or not. You know, today we allow so many things to trump church. Well, it's a beautiful day. Let's stay home. Hey, you know what? It's raining. Let's stay home. Hey, you know what? Fill in the blank. And the fact of the matter is, is there ever a time of where Trump, or excuse me, church trumps something else? Hey, you know what? Church is important. It's a part of our life. And you know what? It's important that we go there and that we meet and that we gather and that we learn and that we experience the presence of God and the power of God among his people called the church. See, what you and I need to realize is this. We have to expose our children to the power and the presence of God coming together, singing, worshiping him. And and, and I love this, okay? I I, I love this. think, Think about this, all right? Their children will be successful wherever they go. Not my children, not your children, but our children our children. You see, I am so thankful for so many of you because you know what? You, you, you taught our kids. Patty and I have great kids. And one of the reasons why we have great kids is because we're a part of a great church. And many of you have, have dedicated your time and you have helped train them up in knowing Jesus. And you've served in the children's ministry, in the children's area. You've served in, in the students area. And, and you have helped our children know Jesus. And I'm committed to helping you train your kids and help you to help them know Jesus. You see, you know, one of the things that, that we do in our, our kindergarten is we tell them that, you know what, God made you, God loves you, and Jesus wants to be your friend forever or we go over to the grade school and and we teach them, I need to make the wise choice. I need to treat other people the way that I wanna be treated and I can trust God no matter what. And then in our student ministry, we teach them and we train them in what it looks like to have an authentic faith and to be able to develop spiritual disciplines and to be able to have moral boundaries and develop healthy, healthy relationships and to be able to make wise choices and to understand that this is the ultimate authority and to be others first. And so there's just something rich about experiencing God together and being in his presence. And so we want to be able to train to leave a mark, an eternal mark, in training them and knowing Jesus through the church, through the church. And then also, not only the church, but personal God time. You know, one of the things that that Patty and I took advantage of that that we have here at New Point is when your kids get into grade level, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, what happens is there's God times. And so we trained them how to have a God time and how to have devotions and how to to connect uh, together as a family, as well as an individual. And so there's that personal God time of you saying, hey, you know what? All of us need to personally connect with God, and then not only a a personal God time, but it goes even further than that, and that's prayer, that you teach them how to pray. You know why? Because the prayer of a righteous person, a prayer of a Christ follower is powerful and effective, and so you train your kids in knowing Jesus and how to pray and how to connect with him because prayer can do anything, anything that Jesus can do. And the way in which you get to know somebody is you have conversations. And so in our home, one of the things that we would teach them is how to pray. We would have different ones pray at the supper table and maybe I was going through something and I would say, hey, would you pray for dad? He has to speak here. He has this challenge. And I would invite them to pray and we would teach them, hey, you know what? You can pray about anything. You can pray about school. You can pray about your, your relationships. You can pray about your sports. You can pray. And so- What happens is you train to leave an eternal mark by training them in knowing Jesus through the church, through personal God time, and also through prayer. Secondly is this. You train them in managing time and money. You train them in managing time and money. This is whether you have kids or not. Okay, you might be an uncle. You might be an aunt. You might be a small group leader. But you can say it a million times, okay? But the fact of the matter is how you manage your time and how you manage your money shows what's really important in your life to them. And so where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? You see, what happens is it conveys what's most important to you. You know, Moses prays this prayer, and you can look it up if you want, in Psalms 90. He says, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And so one of the things that that you have to understand is that we have to tell them and we have to teach them that life is short, it's but a vapor, it's here and it's gone, and that you need to embrace every day. That's teaching them to manage their time, that they don't have the promise of tomorrow. And then we need to teach them how to manage their money. You see, Jesus said that you cannot serve both God and money. And so you wanna teach your kids how to manage money. You know, one of the things that Patty and I learned, and we learned this from somebody else, but but we would we would teach them the 10, 10, 80 rule. And, and it goes like this: It goes that ten percent you save, 10 percent you give, and eighty percent you live on. And, and it was funny because when when it was small, it was okay. But when you stop when you started dropping those green pieces of paper in the two tens. We had to have conversation. And so what we wanted them to know is that life was precious. You only have a certain amount of time. You need to number your days. And that money is very, very important and it can create tremendous conflict and insecurity in one life if you don't manage it well. And so if your children do not have a first generation faith, then maybe you need to turn up the heat And you need to train them in knowing Jesus through the church, through God time and through prayer, or maybe just in training them in managing money and time, because you want to expose them to this so that they leave your house so that they can be successful. Here's the third way. And that is this, train them in significance of serving. Train them in the significance of, of serving. You know what? One of the things that you want to train kids in, students in, people in, is the thrill of being used by God. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like being used of God. You know what? I've hit a winning shot in basketball. I've had a little bit of success in athletics. But you know what? It doesn't compare to be using, being used of God, of bringing hope and help to somebody, to be able to serve and to be able to feel the power and the presence of God move and work through you to encourage somebody, to empower somebody, to equip somebody. And that's why here at New Point, we have uh, uh, impact service. And that is of where our young people have the opportunity to serve on Sunday morning, because we want them to know that there's nothing greater than serving. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this. Jesus said, if you want to be great, serve. And you see, listen to me very carefully. When you do that, you experience the presence and the power of God in a way that 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 will literally transform you. And so what happens is, mom, dad, leaders, we need to be serving so that they can see that transformation in us and that they will wanna be able to experience it. You see, we come to church to get filled, to get challenged, and then what happens is, we go now and we serve other people and it brings significance. It's greater than success, it's significance. You see, I don't wanna just go to church. I need to understand that I am the church and that when God uses me, to be able to help somebody, encourage somebody, there's nothing greater than that. And so we wanna be able to train in significance of serving. And and then I wanna give you this last one, and the last one is this right here. You gotta train by faith. You've gotta train by faith. All the things that I've been sharing, you gotta do it by faith, okay? By faith, because what happens is you don't always see the fruit of your training immediately. That's why it says this, it says, train a child in the way in which they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. It may be tough right now when they're eight, when they're 12, when they're 15, when they're 18, and so you gotta train by faith, and you either believe in this or you don't, but you have to train by faith. Listen, every mom, every father, at different times in our life, we've all felt like failures. And we've all thought, you know what? I don't know if this is working. I, I, I don't know if this is really making a, a positive mark in their life. And sometimes you won't see the fruit of your labor, whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, but you have to train by faith. That's why Paul says it like this. He says, let us not grow weary of doing good, of training for in due season we will reap a harvest if we don't what if we don't give up so then okay as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone all of our children all of our students all of our family members here okay especially to those who are the house of faith see there will be moments in your life and there'll be moments in my life whether you're a father whether you're a mother whether you're an aunt, whether you're an uncle, whether you're a coach, whether you're a teacher, that you'll question whether they're getting it or not. And you're going to have to train by faith. There'll be times that you will lead your kids and maybe you'll take them to church and they'll say, I don't want to go. It's boring. It's not what I want. But you have to train by faith and say, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing. You see, there will be times in your life that you will just simply want to give up or you'll want to give in. And in those times, you need to remember, you need to remember, you know what, God? I'm taking you at your word. I'm gonna train them in these ways. And I'm going to be able to take by faith that you're gonna take what I'm training them in, what I'm instructing them in, and that you're gonna put it in the heart of each and every one of them. So you gotta train by faith. There'll be times that they might even say, I don't even want it. And it's not that you shove it down their throat, okay? We're talking about relationships, okay? But you still need to be intentional. You need to be strategic. And and, and we need to understand how God handles us. You see, remember that while we were yet what? Enemies, sinners, okay? He died for us. And so we need to train by faith as well. I want to leave you with this. Paul wrote this to the church in in Corinth, and and this is my heart today for all of the fathers and mothers and leaders. He says, I don't write these things merely to make you feel uncomfortable, and I'm sure it has for some of us, maybe especially our fathers, but that you may realize facts as my deal Dear children, that you understand these facts, that you will you will embrace them and 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 you will train in them. He goes on to say, after all, you may have had ten thousand teachers in Christian faith. That means you may have had a lot of people who spoke into your life. They lectured you, they taught you, but they didn't train you. He says, but you cannot have many fathers. Wow. He says, for in Jesus Christ, I am your spiritual father. Spiritual what? Leadership. That means I'm going to take responsibility for the health and the development of our relationship. I am your spiritual father through the gospel. That is why I employ you to follow the footsteps of me, your father. Wow. You see, you know, yes, this makes us uncomfortable because it's an enormous challenge. But Jesus says to you and me, Dwight, you don't have to do this alone. I'm going to work in you. I'm I'm, going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to give you the ability. I'm going to give you everything you need to be that spiritual leader, to be able to take responsibility for the health and the development of your relationships so that you can train them in knowing Jesus, so that you can train them in the significance of, of, of serving, that you can do that. Now, maybe you're here today and you don't even know Jesus. I want to leave a mark on you today that will change all of your eternity. Not only now, but for all of the ages. And you can pray a simple prayer and you can just say, God, as much as I know how and as much as I understand, I invite you into my life. I ask you to come and Forgive me of my sins. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask you that you will bring people into my life who will train me in knowing you better and knowing the significance of serving and helping and being more like you. And if you'll pray that prayer, I promise you, he'll answer it. And your life will never, ever be the same. And he will leave a mark on your life. And then he will call you in return to go and leave that mark on those that you love. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads. God, I I, I pray that what I've shared today would be true, not only of every father and every mother and every leader, every teacher, every coach, but I pray that it would be true of New Point. I pray that you would raise up men and women who would be willing to train this next generation in these incredible truths that will lead them and guide them, that will help them to be successful no matter where they're at and be a blessing to others. God, I pray that you would give us, New Point, a heart for those around us in our community, that we could be the church And that we could train them in knowing you, in loving you, in experiencing you, in serving you, enjoying you. And so help us to do that. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media. Download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.